And welcome to the 12th Man Rising podcast with Kevin Daggett and Lee Valen, produced by the great Rob Still of Coil Entertainment. I'm Lee. Kevin, how are you this evening? Doing good, man. So Seattle, and this show was taped before last Sunday's game, so we'll just get straight into it. Horrible loss by the Seahawks to the Panthers. Unbelievable what happened. No, I'm just kidding. This is, this is kind of live for us anyway, but it's uh, Thursday as we speak, and Seattle won over Carolina 30-27 when Sebastian Janikowski kicked a, uh, literally, uh, last four seconds field goal, and Seattle won to uh, give them the head-to-head advantage over Carolina and several other teams, which we'll get into in a minute, but... What is your what are your first takeaways from Seattle's win over the Panthers? They they played a real solid game. I mean those those East Coast 10 a.m. Pacific time games are always rough, and you know the Panthers are tough. Their record doesn't really indicate that they're all that good, but still they're always a tough team. They play the Seahawks tough, and I thought they played well. I mean, and and um, thank goodness we got a. Uh, a decent kicker this year, the the other hefty lefty who can, mm-hmm. you know, win a game once in a while. So I was pleased to see that. Yeah, actually, and, and I have an article going up on 12th Man Rising uh, on Saturday, I think, just grading all the, the impending free agents that the Seahawks have. And, of course, Janikowski is one of those. And just talking in my little snippet I have of him, I just talk about how much how much nicer it is this year to not worry about when a guy goes out there to kick a last second field goal to win a game that it's not Blair Walsh and how much you're thinking what's actually going to happen. I felt totally confident that when he went out there to kick the ball, he was going to make it from 31 yards and the Seahawks were going to win. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have really, you know, a great pass, obviously Wilson to lock it, to put them in the position to get down to the 10 yard line of the Panthers be in a position to, you know, well, they, I think they spiked it twice, right? And then they called mm-hmm, yeah. timeout or whatever. And then, of course, Janikowski with four seconds comes lumbering out on the field and, and kicks it through, uh, straight through, no worries. So Seattle, um, huge win. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, he's been fairly inconsistent for most, uh, a lot of the year. He's been very good. I don't mean to, to poo-poo Russell Wilson, but, you know, he's also thrown pick sixes at an opportune times. Not that there's ever an opportune time, but especially late in the games against the Bears and the Chargers. Um, in the last couple of weeks, he outplayed uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Packers in the fourth quarter. And really this Cam Newton had a great game. I mean, he was 25 yeah. of 30. Um, but Russell Wilson was better in the fourth quarter. And he was better because of the passes they, for instance, the David Moore pass on fourth and, and three, um, which I think shocked us all. Not that they, it was obviously a perfectly thrown pass. I mean, I couldn't throw a pass like that in my life. And then the pass to Lockett, you know, again, down the sidelines. Lockett mentioned after the game that he'd been working on something um, against the the cornerback who was covering the whole game, which I thought was nice. And then Wilson, again, perfect pass. So uh, has Russell Wilson turned the corner? Is he going to be the second half of this season going to be like it was? And I mean, he won't put up the numbers that he did in 2015 because they don't throw the ball enough. But is he going to play as well as he did in the second half of 2015 in your eyes? I don't have any reason to believe that he won't. I mean, because this, you know, like you mentioned that the last few years, this team has, you know, laid an egg. This, you know, this team could very easily be, you know, have one or two losses right now. It's, I mean, just yeah. easily. If they had it together in the beginning of the season, which the last few years they haven't seemed to have. So, but in the, the second half of the season, they seem to pull it together. So I don't have any reason to believe that they won't. I mean, 
you know, the schedule, there's a, there's a few tough games on the schedule, but you know, I'm, I'm the only one I see is a pretty much, um, I don't want to say guaranteed, but a pretty for sure loss is the chiefs, unless the chiefs have clinched their division by that time. and really don't care about beating the Seahawks, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I don't have any reason to believe that he won't. I mean, I, you know, and, and it's interesting to me. I don't know. I guess it's Schottenheimer or maybe it's Wilson's too old and they don't want to um, get him hit. But I, I'd like to see him incorporate him more of his run game and because nobody's going to expect it now. I mean, he hasn't been doing it. So teams aren't going to really expect Wilson to run. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to be as mobile as he has been over the years he seems to you know he drops back in the pocket and yeah he gets away once in a while but when the pressure comes down on he seems to just buckle under and lay down and <laughs> i don't know if that's him losing a step or um just the way the offense is designed but i'd like to see him with more uh, more options back there yeah i think so i think you kind of referred to it they've done more bootlegs than they have zone reads at this point i mean i remember when they were earlier in his career when they were doing zone reads and he had lynch back there and you know honestly i'm not saying i've any of the three backs that they have that they're featuring at least are as far as carson penny and, and mike davis are as good as marshawn lynch um but you know who knows penny might be one day but they still are effective enough where if he did the zone read, I think it would work for the offense. I just don't think Schottenheimer incorporates it enough. He also doesn't incorporate uh, play action. We'll get into that in a second, too. But And, and you kind of mentioned the Chiefs game. I, the reason they probably are looking to Seahawks probably going to lose that game is because of just the defense. The secondary is, you know, it's not like they've taken a step back, but... I guess my big concern uh, as far as the defense goes is that Trey Flowers is better than Shaquille Griffin at this point. We mm-hmm. didn't expect that, um, and nor do we want that because Griffin is a lifelong cornerback and Flowers is a safety converted to a cornerback, and, and Griffin's covering the, the best receiver that the other team has. Um, of course, he's very fast. He ran down McCaffrey, who had over a million yards total, I think, last count against the Seahawks, but... How concerned are you about that? Is it the secondary is too young and they just aren't there yet? Or is it something they're going to have to address in the offseason? I, I think they're just young. I mean, and, and you know, you don't have, uh, you know, Griffin had, had uh, Sherman last year to, you know, help him out and teach him along the way. And, you know, Sherman's, a, um, he's good at that. And then you had Earl Thomas at the beginning of the year and now he's gone. And got you know who knows if he's even in the locker room, even shows up to the facility. He's probably not even involved in the team anymore. He's no but, Cam Chancellor, to be honest. Yeah, exa- right, exactly. So, as far as leadership goes, who's who's the leader in that defensive backfield? Because um, they are so McDougald, young. I guess, right? I guess, yeah, McDougald. I mean, but still, I mean, where do? I guess I, I think they'll be all right. They may need to pick up a um, you know a veteran a veteran cornerback uh, or somebody that's, you know, not, you know, that's, that's had a good career and, you know, maybe on the tail end that can provide some leadership and some, you know, some skill training. But I, I think, I think they've got, the, they've got the people back there. They just need to, to develop them. Um, like you said, flowers is flowers is doing well. Coleman's doing well. Um, you know, I'm not, he's a linebacker, but I'm not all that impressed with the other Griffin, but, um, you know, again, he's a rookie, so we'll see. But 
Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that they need to make any major major uh, changes back there. Maybe an addition, but um, and they're going to have some cap room. I mean, we're going to have some some room to sign some of these. We need, we need to keep the, some of the guys we have, and then you know maybe look for some people down the road. But um, they're going to have some room once we get rid of Chancellor's salary. <laughs> yeah, and they may have. May have to work out a buyout um, this off season because he's still paid through twenty twenty and making a lot of money. Yeah. Of course, if they, if they don't, I mean, they're going to have to resign Russell Wilson after two thousand nineteen and some other things. But th- I mean, there's a no brainer. We've talked about this before on the show. They have to resign Frank Clark. Oh, Forget yeah. about Earl Thomas; he's gone. I think they've proven, even as as much as we're poo pooing the secondary at this point, I think they've proven that they can succeed even without Earl Thomas. And these younger guys, you know, once they develop a little bit more, and they will, because Pete Carroll is their head coach at this point, and he he's probably the best secondary coach that ever lived. Um, they'll get better. Um, my concerns yeah. are that the secondary is still raw. There's absolutely no pass rush. I mean, I laugh because against the Panthers, I think I got closer when I was looking at my TV to Cam Newton than the Seahawks on the field got to Cam Newton. And then the linebackers, honestly, it's like K.J. Wright. I mean, before the season, I was like, he's a must-resign. At this point, Michael Kendricks comes back and, and doesn't serve jail time in January when he's sentenced, which he may not. Um, I'm Michael Kendricks could be the guy they resign and, and have as a linebacker because he, I mean, he put more pressure on the quarterback than, than Wrightwood. He seems to be a good fit for the defense. Of course, he's, he's not going to be back this week. Hopefully I won't need him against the 49ers, but he does come back in week 14 and KJ Wright might be out for the rest of the season. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, his injury, I think they misled us about that injury. Don't you? Yeah, and I think that's the problem with KJ. I, I, mean, I love KJ as a as a player. He's a great player. He's done tons for this team and held that you know that middle of that defensive back that defense solid. But he's injury prone now, and it's not. I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, you can't you can't just resign somebody because he's a good guy and he's helped your team. Well, I guess you could, but I mean, if you want to win games, you really can. <laughs> Ken, Kendricks is a beast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, and, and Wright relies a lot more on his speed and a knee issue, as as you know, because Kevin has had off-season uh, <laughs> knee injury. Oh, he had, he had in-season knee surgery. Yeah, but, in-season um, knee replacement surgery. <laughs> <laughs> this week, this past week, um, or last week. But, um, yeah, I mean, for a guy, for a linebacker, an NFL player who relies so much on his speed, which Wright does even more than Wagner, um, you know, a knee issue obviously doesn't normally go away, so it could be an issue that's going to continue for the rest of his career. And and I don't mean any harm to KJ Wright; he's been great with Seattle. He's yeah. been a great teammate. But like you said, if you want to win football games, maybe Kendricks is a better signing if he doesn't serve jail time, because both team both uh, players are free agents after this season. So makes you wonder. And and Kendricks might be like, you know what? These guys gave me a break when nobody else would. I'm going to give them. A little bit of a discount to come back. I, I don't know if that's the case. but um, You know, another concern I have coming out of the, the Panthers game is Chris Carson. He's just, he never fumbled in college. But even in preseason, he had a couple of fumbles. And this season, he's not been not, not at, I don't know what I'm saying. He's he's fumbled a couple of times. And especially lately, he's fumbled a couple of times against the Packers. And then he fumbled once that he didn't lose, but he could have. And then he had a fumble that wasn't called a fumble. And the Panthers, so really had two. Are you concerned about Chris Carson? And maybe that's why Mike Davis is coming in at the end of games because they think, well, Carson might fumble, Mike Davis isn't. 
I guess you always got to be concerned about a guy fumbling, but I, I, I mean, he does so many good things and he's just, he's doing so well. And he's, well, and he's part cat, right? Which we saw against the Panthers. He lands on his feet. <laughs> that was crazy. I was like, oh no, wait, he's still up and rushing. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, you always got to worry about about a guy fumbling. But uh, I don't, you know, that's something you can fix. It's not a, uh, you know, it's just a hang on to the ball. And I, and I think the guys, although his fumbles haven't been because of this majority of them, but the guys in the NFL go after the ball a lot more than they do in college too. So right. yeah, they're, they're, they're a, lot, a lot of those defensive backs or those linebackers, the first thing they do is smack the ball and then tackle. Yep. So. That's, yeah, that's true. part of the game there, but I'm not too concerned about it. So uh, Tyler Lockett, who has been a pro bowler as far as a return guy, uh, you know, he's playing like a pro bowl receiver at this point. He, sh- he doesn't get the targets that a lot of other receivers have, but I mean, the season he's having with eight touchdowns, he's worthy of being a pro bowl player in the, for, as a receiver, isn't he? Yeah, how wide open is he get too? I mean, he <laughs> Wilson can't throw that far. I mean, he's <laughs> it's like he has to sit there and wait for the ball. I'm like, man, how do you get that open? It's, but I'm not going to complain about it. But he, yeah, no. he's definitely a, a Pro Bowler. I, I say for sure. Yeah, what a wise uh, re-signing or extension that was prior to the season for for Tyler Lockett, and you know. I mean, John Schneider gets a lot of flack for about three straight drafts, but the last couple of drafts have been pretty good. I mean, um, Michael Dixon, NF- NFC um, Special Teams Player of the Month, um, yeah. you know, they moved up to draft him, and he's going to be worth it for the next 15 years probably for Seattle. Um, you know, and, and re-signing Tyler Lockett and some other moves they've made in the drafts. I mean, you got Carson, you got David Moore, who, who's starting to come on. Both of those are seventh-round draft picks. Maybe John Schneider just has an issue picking guys early in the draft. Maybe he should just trade all the picks away prior to the fourth round and just go from there. Yeah. And, and Lockett, that was a risky move because coming off that injury, I mean, true. You know, that, was, yeah. that was a pretty horrid, horrific injury he had, but he's come back pretty dang strong from that thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously the Seahawks won over the Panthers. So they now have the head to head advantage over the Panthers, the Packers, um, crap. Who's the other team they have the head to head? Oh, Dallas. If if Dallas. Dallas doesn't win their division, um, currently the the Seahawks are a step back of the playoffs because Washington is right now in front of them. Although Washington has a much tougher schedule ahead of them, plus they've been decimated with injuries. So if the Redskins, I have a couple of things I want to say about the Redskins real fast. If they make the playoffs, they've earned it because of all the players they've lost. But also, screw the Washington Redskins. Reuben Foster, exactly. come on. <laughs> how, does that, how does that even happen? I mean, come I on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, and in just a few days, yeah, it's just horrible. That's horrible. And, you know, if it's, Michael Kendricks was, what, suspended for eight games. Uh, Ruben Foster hasn't been touched yet. Uh, Hopefully he will. He'll be suspended, and hopefully he won't play ever play for the Redskins. But how do you, as a franchise, think it's okay a few days? This isn't the first time Ruben Foster has been accused of domestic violence. Clearly he has a history of it. And and I'm sorry if you're. This is way off Seahawks talk, but if you're on the road at a different city and you have your girlfriend there and you you know assault her you've got issues you have major issues you don't i'm not saying you don't deserve to play football you don't 
but you also probably need to be in some kind of rehabilitation center yeah. and, and you, or in jail, for instance, <laughs> because I, I was thinking when they, when he got released um, by the 49ers that I'm, I know the Seahawks aren't going to pick him up, but you know, if they had picked him up, <coughs> I would feel that would really change my outlook of how I view this team. So I'm really glad not to be a Redskins fan because to pick up somebody like that is just awful. It's atrocious. I, I thought that for two seconds. I thought, huh, I wonder if the Hawks or anybody, nobody's going to pick that guy up. I mean, that's, that was my next thought. I was yeah. like, nobody's going to pick that guy. And then two days later, are you kidding me? Yep. Wow. <laughs> and, and that just goes to show you the morality of, of the NFL overall, really, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it does. When you have Kendricks, and again, he – you know, he committed a crime, but he also admitted to the crime. He paid back all the money, yada, yada, yada. Suspended for eight games, and yet a violent crime. They seem to be like, well, let's hold off on... I mean, it's just screwed up. It's screwed up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You got so, Mixon playing in the NFL, and there's he's on tape yeah. punching that chick. I mean, it's it's insanity. Right, and, and uh, this goes, you know, back, but how long did it take? Oh, well, let's suspend, um, crap, who was the guy that punched uh, his girlfriend on in the elevator? Um, yeah, the Ravens guy. Yeah, the Ravens guy. And it was like, oh, they let's live, do two or, games. Oh, wait, uh, everybody hates me. Let's do more. Uh, come on. Jeez. Yeah. Whatever makes money, that's the more important thing. And Foster's going to win games and make money. It Whereas Kendrick's beast. is less valuable. Yep. So, you have any concerns at all about the San Francisco 49ers game? I mean, they've, they obviously it's an NFC West rivalry, although the Seahawks have won 11 of the last 12. Most of them haven't even been close. And now the 49ers come in just absolutely obliterated by injury. Uh, yeah. Quarterback, running back, defense is all banged up. There's an absolute, I say this because the Seahawks are going to lose because I said it. There's absolutely no reason Seattle should lose this football game, is there? No, there's not. No, and I was, I was, you know, I'm not a 49ers fan at all. Never have been, even when they weren't in the same division as Seahawks. But uh, it's, I, I almost, I was like, well, hey, they're, you know, they're kind of rebuilding. They're, they're going to be looking good this year. They got a new quarterback. They got some, you know, some good players. John Lynch seems to, you know, be a little bit of a rebel, making some changes. New coach. Here we go. Boom. Injuries. 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 I'm like. <laughs> I kind of feel a little bit sorry for them. But, yeah. you know, I, the biggest thing I'm concerned about is I hope the fans in Seattle don't boo Richard Sherman. And I'm sure there's some people that will. But, you know, if you look at what that guy's done, did for this team, and, and you know, he played with his, he played with his heart on his sleeve and, and, you know, did nothing but good stuff for the, for the community and the, and the team. I hope, I hope he doesn't get a razzin when he comes to comes on the field. So no hard feelings from you about how he left the team when he, the way he did. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. It's a business and they, you know, that I, the Ken, I go back to the whole Ken Griffey jr. Thing. I mean, that was a script, the Randy Johnson. I mean, this, you know, things get screwed up. I, it, it is what it is. It's a business, but what he, the positive things that he did for this team, it's, um, he took a crack at Wilson today, though. Did he really? <laughs> some, I hadn't heard that. What did he something say? about uh, some guy said, "Yeah, you know, Rich, you know, uh, Russell Wilson. Basically, he's a good player." And he goes, "Yeah, I also know he can throw five picks in one game." So, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, Sherman. You know, of course, he's playing for a team that has given up twenty-three touchdown passes and only intercepted two passes. So, yeah. I don't know. 
not sure he can talk a whole lot. And maybe <laughs> yeah, he can't. <laughs> and Jerry Depoto has probably traded him somehow to the Mets. Um, but uh, <laughs> different subject. But man, talk about a rebuild. I mean, the, yep. the Mariners are going to stink for like years. Sorry, yep, maybe they'll they be good are. in three years. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been weighing like. You know, the whole body of work that Sherman had here, obviously the team is nowhere near as successful without Sherman as they were with him. But just, and I know he's all about, he's he's always been about talk. And when he was a Seahawk, I was like, oh, that's fine. Until kind of got to be last year and they started mouthing off on the sidelines a lot more, especially yeah. to Daryl Bevel. And I'm thinking, this guy's a bad teammate. And Carroll's all about, Pete Carroll's all about, team first and there's a reason Michael Bennett's not with the team and Richard Sherman's not with the team anymore I mean because as much as people like to razz Pete Carroll for oh he gets lets the players get away, away with a lot he doesn't really let the players get away with a lot I mean it's not like they're breaking uh, you know they're not committing crimes or anything and honestly at the end of the day he he doesn't he, he lets them go once they've lost their usefulness to a high degree they're gone because it's all about team first. So, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Richard Sherman. I mean, I, I appreciate his time in Seattle, definitely. Um, but, you know, just the way he left, I, I don't know. It was sour grapes. I mean, the, you yeah. know, the whole ESPN article, which came out, what, a year and a half ago now, I guess, obviously has some truth to it because Sherman was, you know, don't talk crap about your team when you're with the team. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I wouldn't do it, you know, my day job. I'm not going to talk about crap to, you know, outwardly about the people I work with, even though I like the people I work with. But even if I didn't, I, w I wouldn't talk crap about them. I mean, team first. And I just right. felt like he was a bad teammate at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's at the end of the day. I think, you know, for the most part, he was good. And, I, you know, I put part of the, the blame on, the you know, being mouthy stuff is Pete Carroll let that happen. And, and you know, he although he is about team first, he let those guys, you know, do all those interviews and and be mouthy and get away with what they got away with. So, you know, it's, it's hard to shut that back down after you've let it go for a while. But, um, I mean, for the most, I just, for me, you know, the, the good things that he did for the team outweigh, you know, the, the, the last, the last bit of it. And it's, you know, it's a business and things go bad in business. I mean, that's you know, true. But, uh, yeah. And maybe maybe at the end of the day, you know, Seahawks fans should just cheer Sherman because Richard Sherman seems like a good guy, but a little bit immature. But maybe Seahawks fans should just cheer him when he when he uh, shows up on the field at CenturyLink on Sunday because just to show, hey, we can be mature about this, even if you can't. And then cheer when Tyler Lockett smokes him. Yeah, which which he will. <laughs> I, it makes you wonder. I, and Sherman, I, you know, he still plays on one side of the field as he should because he does. For all intents and purposes, he got he got wiped out by Mike Evans, but he did that before when game I saw on Tampa Live. Um, Mike Evans is just he has trouble against bigger receivers. Uh, Sherman does because you know he's he's can lock down the smaller guys, but against Mike da Mike Evans, who's six five, he's he's always had issues against bigger receivers. But you know, the Seahawks kind of bring a little different dimension that the than other teams they're going to want to run the ball and Re Russell Wilson's kind of a freak when it comes to running the ball as well himself it makes I, I don't know who Sherman's going to cover I mean if he covers Baldwin um I mean Baldwin's not the you know if he if he doesn't get the ball Seattle can still be successful throwing the ball and if he covers Lockett I mean it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of other issues I, I can see him maybe on David Moore I guess a little bit more 
that'd be an interesting matchup because Moore's a little bit bigger of a receiver. I just hope Sherman doesn't get like three interceptions and run two of them back for touchdowns. I, but you know, it is what it is. As long as the Seahawks get a win, that's the important thing. Yeah, that's Gosh, could you imagine Seattle losing the San Francisco? No, I, I cannot. Mean, yes, hopefully that that won't happen. They should have, you know, they're what six and five. They should should move to seven and five with a win on Sunday. They have the Vikings at home. They have the Chiefs at home. The only away game they have left the rest of the season is the 49ers on the road. So you know, if if they hold home field advantage, if they hold serve, um, you know, they're in the playoffs. And if they don't, they're not. So. Yeah, but as always, Kevin, so it's all in, it's all in their control. That's right. Kevin has the final two words. Go Hawks! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.